It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. On this episode, we recap Michigan's shutout over Connecticut to wrap the non-conference portion of the schedule. What have we learned from Michigan's 3-0 start, and what can we expect in Big Ten play? That and more coming up on Wolverine Confidential. Okay, guys, going to be talking with you here Sunday night, September 18th, uh, Monday probably when our, our listeners are getting this. You know, I want to start actually with Eastern Michigan, okay, the University of Michigan's neighbors down the road in Ypsilanti. They went to Arizona State last night, and they won uh, they got Arizona State coach Herm Edwards fired. I mean, not really, but it, he's gone now after this loss. Eastern is 2-1 and one with Mac play about to start. How about Chris Creighton and those Eagles? I wish Michigan would have played them instead of any of these other cupcake teams they, they played during this non-conference schedule. But, yeah, good for them. I would have, I, Michigan and Eastern would be a great matchup. I don't know why they don't play each other more often. I, I went to bed last night. I think Eastern was up. It was like halftime of that game. And I'm like, there's no way they'd win this game, right? Like the heat, you the heat and the like the West Coast trip. I'm like, there's no way. And then sure enough, I wake up this morning and find out that they did it. So uh, kudos to uh to the Eagles in Eastern Michigan. Maybe they uh maybe they'll win the Mac this year. Well, this helps for bowl eligibility for sure. To get to get two out of three in the non-conference uh, is is a good start. So we'll see. They they were picked near the bottom of the MAC, but uh, you know this is this is a big win. I know Arizona State is down, but still to go to on the road a Pac-12 team and win is a big deal for sure. As someone who used to cover the MAC, I can say with, <laughs> with certainty that the preseason predictions are not always right. It's always it almost always seems like someone who's picked near the bottom of division ends up winning the division or getting into the MAC title game. It's, it's bizarre. Well, it would be a first for Eastern to get there. So they will, they will try to do it for the, you know, uh, have a breakthrough season this year. We'll see like off to a good start. So yes, tip of the cap to them. Uh, Michigan, they won 59 to nothing. That's part of the reason why we're able to start with uh, another program on this podcast, Wolverine confidential, uh, because the Wolverines just dominated uh, at four times as many yards as Connecticut, 20 more first downs, they were playing literal ace stringers. I mean, when you play eight quarterbacks, I mean, what what else can you say? Uh, 102 guys played for the Wolverines. I don't know what what impressed you. What can you take away from this game in particular? Then we'll go big picture on on the non conference in general. Well, JJ impressed me again, but it was more more of the same from last week. You know, it, it's almost like we could like bottle up what we said last week and use it for this week because it's a similar situation. The only difference, I guess, is they'd actually shut the opponent out this time. Um, they look good. I mean, and it was to be expected. I mean, they dominated the first half. Um, 
held third straight opponent without a point in the first half. Obviously, they held them scoreless for the entire game. But yeah. um, I mean, the starters do, they look good. I mean, they're they're finding their groove. They look smooth. But again, it's it's UConn. Uh, you don't know what to make of all this. And it, my my big question of all this is if you know, are they actually getting better? You know, these games. Um, you know, they are getting reps, so I guess that's good. More experience is great, but like they haven't been tested yet. And and Blake Corm said that a, a, afterwards, you know, he was asked and he's like, you know, we haven't been tested. We haven't faced any adversity. And that's kind of the, the makeup or, you know, that's kind of the, you know, that's how you find out how good of a team you really are. That's how we realized last year with Michigan when they went to Wisconsin and played well and Nebraska and everything else. So that's obviously to come, but they surely didn't get any scared, didn't get a scare of the non-conference. Yeah, it's hard to tell if you're getting better when your opponents are getting worse every single week. I mean, are, are you worried about McCarthy, though? His his completion percentage continues to drop uh, game by game, and he's now at uh, 88% for the season. Uh, that, that has to be a concern. Um, no, I mean, just they could do whatever they want. I'm, I'm convinced they could have won all three of these games without ever throwing the football. Um, you know, my, I guess my one kind of complaint if you will is why you know Blake Corum was allowed to just you know get all the touchdowns there early on I mean spread it around what is it already five touchdowns for Corum impressive uh three or four of them from one yard out I think it's funny because Zook and I were talking about that I think on the way back from the press conference after the game like I think Jim has to be thinking and I'm sure they knew Blake had tied the single game record five with five rushing touchdowns but it's like do you really want to let him break the record against UConn? <laughs> I mean, Hassan did it last year. He, you know, he tied the record against Ohio State, which is a huge deal given the level of competition. But it's like, yeah, why, why are you feeding the ball? Like, why, why are you setting him up for that? I mean, it, it's great. His name is on the record book. He ties it, everything else. But it's like, it's UConn. But whatever. I digress. Got to pad those stats for, you know, potential Heisman trophy hype in, uh, in September, you know? <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. They've now, you know, the, the, the concern coming out of this game is that Caden McNamara got hurt and he's out. I mean, at least, at least a few games. Is that what Harbaugh said? Yeah. That's, that's the word from Jim. Uh, he said a few games, uh, he didn't, he, he sounded optimistic. He doesn't seem to think it's going to be a long-term injury. Um, it looked like Cade kind of rolled his ankle. If you go back and watch the, the film, uh, it was on the, the deep, Ball he threw to uh, Ronnie Bell that the his completion his only completion of the game, uh, <clears throat> he got hit you know after he delivered the ball and he, he looked like he fell and someone fell on his ankle and he kind of rolled him up he was limping off the field um, afterward uh, he never came back for the second half I don't believe he ever came out of the locker room he certainly didn't come out of the locker room after the you know after the halftime break um, but yeah he's gonna be down a little bit uh, I, I'm assuming it's not serious doesn't sound too serious. But the same token, you don't want to risk it either. And given that he's a backup and everything else, I mean, it, it, he'll have some time to kind of heal and heal and everything else. But yeah, it's a bum, bummer. I mean, given the last is week or two, he's kind of had you know losing the starting job, dealing with the public criticism and whatever the booze and whatever else you want to say, and then you come out and get injured. Really, on a play that didn't have to happen. Like it was one of the final plays before halftime. Michigan, yeah, they were moving the ball, but they were up at that point. What? 35 to nothing or whatever it was 38 to nothing 38 to nothing yeah and they're trying to get a field goal and they, they kicked the field goal and obviously didn't make it but like it didn't have to happen um and i'm not saying i'm not blaming anyone it is what it is it was a it was a fluke play he got hit as he threw the ball uh it could happen anytime but it's just it's just a 
crappy situation for what's been a really crappy first couple of weeks for, for Cade McNamara. Yeah, Andrew it was asking about storylines coming out of this game. I mean, I think that's the biggest one right there is, yeah, I mean, uh, you had the quarterback battle for the first few weeks, and now Cade, who, who lost the starting job, is now going to be sidelined for a little bit. And like I, I know it seems like Jim has received a lot of criticism for, for having him in there, but I, you want to see Cade if he can move the ball in those types of situations if he needs to come in in, in future games. So I mean, I don't, I don't really want to criticize Harbaugh f- too much for that. I mean, we knew he was going to play at some point in that game. Why not put him in a situation where it kind of matters a little bit, and you would like to see him push the ball downfield a little bit, put Michigan in a position to, to store some more points. I know it didn't matter, the points didn't matter, but just to be able to put the team in the position, you'd like to boost his confidence a little bit too. Didn't work out that way, but yeah, it's it's going to be interesting now to see maybe who would be that number two um, if uh, if Michigan gets up big against Maryland, or uh, I mean, if anything happens with with JJ. That that was my next question. I mean, I, I think that the options are Davis Warren uh, or Alan Bowman. Uh, do you guys have a lean on who you think it might be, or you know who who you think is the the better choice, Warren? Uh, you know, Bowman's got more experience, you know, being actually, you know, a starter, not at Michigan, but uh, at Texas Tech, uh, you know, Davis Warren, you know. Hold on now, though. But but Jim said after the game, don't forget about Alex Orgy there. Don't forget about Alex Orgy. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, well, I, shoot, they played eight of them. So I guess right. any of them are in the mix. But I would narrow it down to those. Yeah, two you're, you're right. I'm just giving you a hard time. Too much other than. <laughs> Then run, right. uh, but yeah, I, I don't know who. Who do you think? You know, if if something were to happen to McCarthy and they needed a guy, uh, it, it would be. You know, I, I think this is kind of similar to the quarterback battle we just kind of saw play out. I think they look at Alan Bowman as kind of the, the experienced guy, the game manager, the guy they probably have no issue putting into the game. But I think just from a from a ceiling perspective and talent perspective, I think Davis has got the better arm, and I think he's a little bit more mobile than Allen as well. So. I think there's probably part part of Jim that wants to play Davis. Plus, he's got the cool story of being the the, the walk on who did play in high school, senior year high school, and everything else. Um, you know, I I would probably lean Bowman just based on experience, and he has the pedigree, and he's put up the numbers, and I think I think he'd be fine. Uh, but you can tell there's been there's a real wrestle with what they want to do because week one Bowman I believe was the the third one off the bench. Uh, week two it was Davis Warren. And then, and obviously Saturday, you saw them all play. So I, I do think they look at them kind of even. It may be come down to who, who would look better in practice this week. It would not surprise me at all, given you know Jim's penchant for competition and everything else. But you're right, Alex Orgy has played a lot. They have no, they've had no issues of getting him in the game. They like what he can do with his legs. Um, and given that the fact that Michigan's offense has kind of changed a little bit from what they were doing last year, I think they'd certainly it would, it would be a welcome addition. So I, I would be any one of those three. Um, I lean Bowman, but it wouldn't shock me if you went, you know, any of the other two either. Well, you hope it doesn't come to that. It would, it would mean that something happened to McCarthy, uh, cause they found their guy. Um, and, and, you know, he, he led them to three and zero in non-conference, uh, the scoring margin, 166 points for Michigan, 17 combined for their three opponents. That's the largest point differential in the country. Uh, at this point. Michigan has never, never scored at least 50 in each of its first three games, which kind of blew my mind. Um, you know, those fielding Yost point a minute teams uh, in the start of the 1900s were, you know, cracking 100 in certain games, but never, never did this. Uh, and again, it was just kind of like, it, it was more than we expected. I mean, who could have predicted that it'd be, it'd be this bad, but 
I mean, when you saw the schedule, you knew you knew what <laughs> was going to go Michigan's way. And we're already saying it's going to happen again next year. So uh, I don't know this the conference realignment and maybe you know eliminating some of these games. I, I think they can't come soon enough. But here's where we are. Uh, yeah, it, it was set up for this. You know, we talked about like you said, and, and I think a couple of weeks back on this podcast, I said that Michigan had the potential of scoring 50 points in all three <laughs> games. Now I didn't necessarily believe that or like necessarily think that was going to happen. But I certainly thought they had the, the opportunity to do it. Sure enough, uh, the competition has been about just as bad as we thought. You know, I thought UConn was, would have put up more of a fight than Hawaii did. Um, and they really didn't. It was, it was crazy. I thought they'd put, be able to put some points on the board. They looked a little bit more um, competent, at least on the field, just watching them. But they couldn't score. They couldn't move the football offensively. They, they had no answers for Michigan's defense. I mean, Michigan only had, I think, what, one or two sacks all game. Like, there wasn't a ton of pressure. But they were doing a good job of, of you know, UConn. I think they, they couldn't get they couldn't get a receiver open. They couldn't hit open. You know, they couldn't complete a pass. I mean, their quarterback was four sixteen for seventeen yards. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Yeah, I don't know why you were thinking that they were going to move the ball. It's not <laughs> like they did anything against Syracuse the week before. The the quarterback threw for under hundred yards the week before. So it's well, I, mean, I, I thought they'd move the ball a little bit better than Hawaii would, did. Oh, I guess huh. at that point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's, it happens. I think just about like how we all expect it. I don't think anyone really expected much of a fight. I think they expected a lopsided final score. Um, yeah. I mean, Michigan did what it was expected to do and supposed to do. So I, I guess it's hard to criticize them because again, they're playing the, the opponents on the schedule. And that was a point they brought up after the game on Saturday. I mean, they don't control the, the schedule. I mean, that was made um, you know, by athletic director reward manual. I, I don't know if Jim had any say in it. It sounds like he didn't. At least that's what he says. He said publicly. Right. Um, but Michigan's schedule should have been a little more difficult than this, but that's the reality we are in. Like you said, with conference expansion and the college football playoff, it doesn't necessarily, um, you know, dock team or programs from pay, playing weak non-conference games. So uh, Michigan is 3-0 heading into Big Ten play. They're right where they want to be. Uh, and now, you know, you know, things are going to start to pick up here in the next couple of weeks. Exactly. So it does, it, it is a steep incline just because of how, how bad their opponents were that they're jumping to a Maryland. That's still going to be a, a, a few levels up, but in the context of the big 10, it'll still be a gradual lead into this thing because I mean, they don't play any of the teams that are, that are ranked, uh, you know, until, until, you know, Penn state, uh, in the, in the middle of October, uh, and then, you know, Ohio State later in the year, I guess. And I guess that's kind of it for the Big Ten teams on their schedule that that are ranked right now. Um, but, you know, Michigan State, you figured to be good. And, you know, Rutgers has, has you know, is undefeated right now. And again, those, those games are later. It's Maryland. It's at Iowa, which I'm, I'm not I'm not counting that as a win, but they that still is the worst offense in the country as far as yards per game right now. Um, you know, an Indiana team that's, uh, you know, been up and down. So. It is interesting, I guess, you know, kind of we're, we're going to get into Maryland uh, and the Big Ten, uh, you know, later in the week. But uh, I guess briefly, you know, what are your thoughts on on this game and the Big Ten as a whole as Michigan prepares for conference play? Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking to looking forward to seeing Michigan face an opponent that actually has some talent on, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, yeah, yeah it's it's their missions going to be tested a little bit. I mean, uh, uh, Maryland just beat SMU, a pretty good SMU team, and uh, I mean, yeah, they have a couple receivers that uh, that can really um, st- stretch the ball downfield. And I mean, yeah, Maryland hasn't put up much of a fight against Michigan in the past, um, but I-, I think it will be a lot more challenging than than what Michigan has faced so far. 
Yeah, this will be Michigan's first test defensively yet. I mean, like you said, Maryland can move the football. They can score. They've got a quarterback who is mobile uh, that that has given you know teams headaches in the past. Um, they have seen them before, so they, they know what they're getting themselves into. But I think we're gonna, we're going to actually see Michigan have to play their starters most of the game. You know, Michigan's handled Maryland relatively well the last few years. I mean, the scores have been pretty lopsided. They haven't really been close. Um, but I, I do expect this to be a little bit more competitive than the last three weeks. Um, Maryland, like you said, a three and zero. Now they haven't played a, a, a great non-conference schedule themselves. Beat Buffalo, Charlotte, and they're coming off the win over SMU, which is decent on its face. Um, but again, Michigan enters this game. It, it, they opened as twenty-point favorites. The odds makers earlier today it has moved down to seventeen. But nonetheless, I mean, Michigan's favored to win by three scores here, and that would not surprise me if it was you know it was, if it was more. Um, they're at home. Um, they're, they, you know, they got some talent. I'm just really curious to see what this defense looks like and when, when they are tested, because Maryland's going to try and throw the ball. They're going to try and move the ball. And it's going to be unlike anything Michigan has seen yet this year and how they handle that. Well, I think it'd be the storyline Saturday. I don't like the offense will have trouble scoring. They should be able to move the ball. No problem. Um, I, I expect this to be a relatively high scoring game and, you know, it could be, you know, relatively back and forth and competitive for at least the first half, at least I'm hoping. It's going to be like that. Yeah, defense has got to start preparing for that uh, Ohio State offense that just put up a 77 burger on uh, on Toledo this week. Yeah, I mean, you'd, let, you'd have to think at least like in the trenches, you know, the 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 line play will be it won't be just so easy for Michigan to win every matchup and just push their guy off the ball or or you know regardless of which side of the ball they're on or whatever, just kind of dominate that matchup. Because that that's where it starts, and that just made everything everything so easy for Michigan, especially offensively. Like there just was no resistance from either of these three teams, and then yeah, none of them had uh, experienced quarterbacks that were you know threats really. So uh, yes, this will be this will be a welcome change. I mean, Michigan wins this game handily. Uh, then then they have to be. I mean, they're already acknowledged by the voters as a top team, already acknowledged by all the teams that they've stomped. The, the opposing coaches have just been heaping praise on Michigan. Uh, you know, so, but I think I think this would kind of solidify it a, a little bit more. And then, you know, you just, you give you a build on it. You go to Iowa, you do the same and, and you go from there. But uh, yes, I think we're all excited for Big Ten games. It's also important to point out too, this isn't the Maryland team, maybe some folks think of in the past decade that, you know, struggles and, doesn't have talent and everything else. Mike Loxley has recruited relatively well the last couple of years. They had a top 20 class last year. They have a top 40 class this year. So they've got some talent coming in there. They've got a good quarterback. I, I, I do think they'll put up a fight. I, I, I don't think they win, but I, I do think this isn't going to be a, you know, a 59-14 game or a 59-21 game. I, I do think they put up a fight and Michigan's going to have to, um, you know, at least try and dis- distance themselves in the second half. So they have some talent. Uh, I don't know what they're going to look like, but they have won some games here early on. So they're, they're, you know, they're feeling pretty good about themselves uh, as well. It's a noon kickoff on Fox. So, you know, if you're at the game, just be prepared to see that guy with the red hat out there quite a bit. If you're at home, you know, find another game that you might want to be switching to during those multiple and lengthy commercial breaks. But we'll have you covered uh, on MLive.com slash Wolverines leading up to the game. And we'll come back with more content previewing that one once we get closer to kick. Thanks for listening.